Martello and welcome the Precasters back for 2024. Uh, There's an episode about to start with myself and Jamie, friend of the pod, friend of mine, uh, that can't wait to get into with you all. Uh, recorded on Monday Australian time, so there's nothing to do with um, Cal Peppers, the, the decision that was made on Sam Palpepper. We just heard that he was going to be sent directly to the tribunal um, at the time of recording, so we do touch on it a little bit, uh, but nothing to do with the decision at all yet. We'll cover that in the next one. Um, just a bit of a preview of the season um, and some off-season review as well. Uh, about an hour and a half we chat um, about all that. So that is there. Um, what else is there to cover off in this intro? Oh, yeah, so we had... So um, I've just moved apartments here in um, the US uh, and the internet, so we're testing it, let's say that. Um, it doesn't... Um, there's not too much um, issue with the podcast. That goes along all right, considering... Um, but there is a few moments every... Just every not every so often, there's a little bit of a pause or a, a jarble of words where the, the call kind of catches up and you know a bunch of what um, Jamie or I are saying just garbles together for just a second. But um, overall, um, the the points we're making and all that uh, seem to be seem to be captured all right. So um, apologies for any of those little moments that you do notice. Um, but we'll, we're gonna hopefully you know it's, hopefully it's just a bad night for the internet. But it is something that I'm keeping an eye on um, here and. If it does continue to be an issue, then we're changing providers um, here. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, Jamie will be joining a little bit more across the season um, to help carry the podcast because I don't do a good job of that myself. Um, and I'm really glad to have him on board. He's a um, long-time Port fan, obviously lifetime Port fan as well. Got a lot of great insights into it, into the the club as a fan um, that's been around for a long time as well. So um, uh, between us, I think we'll be able to cover a fair bit of um, all, the, all the Port happenings this year and um, I look forward to getting into it, and he particularly helped carry this one because I had been awake. Um, but it had been a long day, a long Sunday. I'd been up for a soccer game early in the morning over here in the US, and then we recorded this uh, pretty late on Sunday evening, and I'd had a busy weekend. I was feeling pretty knackered by the time we recorded this, so um, I certainly didn't feel at my best, so I'm um, glad Jamie was there to help carry carry the whole process. But anyway, without further ado, it's 2024, footy's back. Calm the pair. Let's get into the pod. All right, the Creecast is back for the first time in 2024. Um, took a few months off because I was exhausted at the end of last season, really. But <laughs> I'm glad, really happy to be back. And this time, I'm not just on my own. You don't have to just listen to me talking for um, an hour straight and 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 end up wanting to. Uh, put yourself through a wall after you've heard me ramble for an hour. I've got like uh, a friend of mine that I've met through doing this stuff over the last couple of years, Jamie, on the other end of the line. How are you, mate? Hello, Dave. Hello. Happy to be here. I'm doing well. Um, over the other side of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, looking forward to it all. Thank you for taking me out of my uh, podcasting hiatus. <laughs> I did love that when I, you know, when I saw that on your profile when. Um, I suggested that we that you jump on a little bit when you said you were kind of like you know former. You had a great podcast. Was a power from was it power from port? Am I remembering the name correctly? Power from port was the uh, running title for yeah. the half a season that I did it for. <laughs> yeah, I remember listening to a few, um, few episodes back, and and like particularly one you did about um, a really um, nice one you did about John McCarthy and remembering all that. And it was like it was you you know you had. Yeah, a really well spoken uh, bloke. So I was like, yeah, I'll get him on and and t- and like make my podcast a little bit better and use you in that way. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, I really enjoyed doing it at the time, and um, 
yeah, I totally, my partner was pregnant at, at the time uh, for that season and I totally underestimated uh, how much time I would need the following year to <laughs> to raise a newly born child. So yeah. my podcast dreams quickly came and went, I guess you could say, but um, always wanted to get back involved uh, when I could. And uh, I guess now my daughter's uh, nearly two and a half and things are a bit easier in Africa. So yeah. And yeah, like you said, we, we met through doing this caper and um, have a similar kind of uh, attitude and uh, opinion towards our club and the wider football community. So it only seems to make sense to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And like I said, it's, um, it gives a, a, a someone else to bounce up ideas off of and make sure I'm not losing my mind um, slowly, which is probably happening as well, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we're going to try and do a bit of a, because I, at the end of last season, fell off from uh, my weeklies just because I was traveling a bit with um, following some some sports over here and just didn't get time. And then it's a little bit burnt out by the end of the season as, as a long season of podcasting and watching a stressful mm. finals run and everything like that does. So Absolutely. Uh, we've got to wrap the end of how the AFLW ended um, and then you know, chat briefly about how our AFL men's off-season went um, as well and then just get into our thoughts for the season. The first thing uh, off the straight off the top of the um, the show is obviously it was a practice match, usually um, a six-period practice match. I, I still don't get that, but, um, but we, uh, you know, usually these things, it's just like, oh, yeah, this guy looks good. He looks fit. He's good. Um, you don't usually, you're not usually expecting yeah. uh, mid-season form of the media and everything going as far as controversies go. Mm -hmm. But we did have um, Sam Powell-Pepe lay a particularly tough bump on um, an Adelaide Crows player, which is oh, heightened, heightens the uh, hysteria a little bit as well. But he's been yeah. sent directly to the, uh, to the tribunal with a minimum of three weeks uh, for his hit there. So, um, first of all, just in general, how did you see it? Like, because um, I think there's been a little bit of, um, I've been well involved in us. I, I had a few beers on Friday night and just thought, yeah, I'm going to get into the weeds on Twitter. And, but, <laughs> um, but my, my, I mean, my, my, my thing is, is like, yeah, he'll get a few weeks. I, I was trying to, my big people thought I was defending it. I was just like, no, it's, it's, it's a rough bump. He, he got, he got it wrong, but the bump is legal in footy. It's, he's, players are going to get it wrong occasionally. It doesn't mean we get, we have to completely assassinate his character and, and call for half a season bans and all that. Let's just meet, <laughs> meet in the middle. Of, yeah. Meet in the middle of a little bit. So I wonder what your thoughts are on that as we're, as we're looking at, he's probably, he's going to be out for a minimum of three weeks and um, it feels like possibly yeah. we could be on a statement here as well, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, don't the AFL like to make a statement early. Um, it's just poor timing all around. I didn't watch the match sim uh, on the night. Um, so it all happened. Then there was a bit of discourse online and then I've watched the match sim. I mean, for any, it depends where your biases lie and which angle you're coming from, right? Um, this is what's going to determine the weight you put on it. But I think any level-headed person could see that A, it was a little bit of uh, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Uh, there was obviously the reality tackle, um, but in the very um, immediate instance where he makes contact, he has turned into it um, with the shoulder or, or, or the top of his bicep. Um, so, yeah, uh, we find ourselves now, uh, and being the 
the week that Angus Brayshaw retired, which mm-hmm. spoke about throughout the AFL landscape as well since it happened. It's just poor timing all around. And um, unfortunately, I, I found, I think it was uh, someone mentioned that for the type of game that Peps plays, uh, he hasn't actually been suspended or immediately, like recently uh, suspended for these types of actions. He obviously got made an example of the last time uh, in people's minds for a bit of a witch hunt. Mm. Um, when he was a bit younger and went out to run a bit too late and got into some a situation where he'd probably regret now, but he was made an example of then. And But then, yeah, like I said, considering that the hardness that he plays with, he's actually had pretty good form in this respect. And um, unfortunately, yeah, he's going to have to sit on the pine. Everyone would agree that he probably has has to and should um, uh, with where the game is going in terms of head-high collision to say that it probably deserves any more than three, I think you're probably either a Crow supporter or a David King who <laughs> seems to add weight, May- maybe because he needs to say something and he's put his flag in the ground a little bit. Mm. But when you follow the metric, and I, I listened to um, Sam Edmund and Nathan Buckley talk about it, and they were actually quite level-headed about it all. And That's I know Bucks can tend to stick up for the player more often than not. Um, obviously being there himself and coaching players in the modern game. Um, they were playing two, um, both Sam and, and Bucks. But yeah, look, three. If that's what it is, I, as a hunter, I, I can cop that. Three, you know, at, at the end of the day, he's made head high contact and the guy's got concussed. So um, it's unfortunate all round, both four. Uh, keen uh, from the from the crows and for peps who has just been put into the leadership group he's in ripping nick uh, as you expect and would want to set the ground running uh, early in the season yeah um and that's what that is what's unfortunate is it's um i yeah the david king thing like it, that's that's probably what bothered me the most really was like those guys jumping on twitter and and having a crack about you know like what's he thinking and and, and kind of like you know the the sub the, the sub level of those comments is like a, is a character assessment of him like he knew what they, those comments like he knew what he was doing it was a pre-medit and like and all the video that you saw on twitter <laughs> was all like the every video people posted was the super slow-mo version of it as well and I only just saw it again today when that I think Fox Footy posted the video of it when the news came out that he's being sent to the tribunal and that it's a you know that uh, and that it was the first time I'd seen it in a while in full speed and it is just crash crash bang bang. The thing I hate yeah how much about time it, yeah I, from a, a Port perspective and and some of the fan, our fans that were saying he oh Peps is silly he's stupid um, oh he's you know what's he thinking that the, the power pepper that the fans love that has become a cult hero at Port Adelaide plays on the edge a little bit. That's the way he plays. So you, you, it's kind of like the old Marilyn Monroe quote. wasn't like, if you can't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Like if you can't love Peps at his, <laughs> at his, at his at it, when he occasionally gets a bump wrong, you don't deserve to love him for the, all the stuff that we've loved him for, for the last two years, how he's turned his career around. He plays on the edge. He got one wrong. And that, and we're absolutely cognizant of that. And, and it's certainly um, hope hope Keane's going going fine with his concussion. And obviously, yeah. it's a worry because once concussions start building, we what we know about him, 
that's part of what led to the eventually Brayshaw retiring, et cetera. But um, we can just, yeah, talk, if... we just, yeah, we just need to talk about it in a mature way and not like sit there and, and assassinate someone's character over, over a footy act. <laughs> unless, unless, unless you ban the bump, then, you know, these things are going to go wrong occasionally. I think it's important to note that um, obviously, yeah, you've seen the vision in real time as so have I. And even in a still image, you can see that um, where Rioli initially grabs Keane and uh, where SPP is in proximity to that um, contest, uh, Keane is much taller than Power Peppers. So mm. had Rioli not uh, slung him around and down towards the ground, um, it's fair to say Pepper um, quite potentially would have laid a second tackle at a reasonable height or tried to exacerbate the impact that Rioli was trying to make um, and getting him somewhere in the midriff. However, that's not a good enough argument um, to save you from suspension. He yeah. chose to go in to make contact and unfortunately through other factors outside of his control, um, it marries up with him choosing to to make that contact and be being the head. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to say that um, he didn't mean to bump. He didn't mean to get Keen in the head because he wasn't realistically in real time expecting his head to be anywhere near his shoulder. Um, it's just the way it fell, and and because he chose to make that kind of contact. Uh, yeah, as a level-headed person, uh, he he has to cop what he deserves. The only fear is that we feel that he'll probably get an example of mm -hmm. being the first of its kind this year. So early in the year before yeah. opening round round zero. Yeah, and that's I guess that's probably what I was trying to push back on a little bit against the tide of what mm. the, the yeah. online thing was. Is just like. Let's just, because um, there's a lot of emotion involved in it. And every single person was bringing up Brayshaw, which I, while I get it, it's also unfair to marry up what Pal Pepper did yeah. to, to Brayshaw yeah. retiring because it's it's putting, it's it's just that had nothing to do with him. I said, I was like, I was like, the irony is the guy that did that, like didn't get any weeks. And that was a whole entirely different tribunal thing because it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. a, smart, it was yeah. a leaving the feet smother attempt instead of a bump, but it was still, it's just, it's, yeah, but um, when we get into talking about port later in the in the show, we'll, uh, we'll obviously we'll talk about what the list is going to look like. And obviously, Pal Pepper mm -hmm. is thankfully not injured; he's just going to be spending a few weeks in the fine, so it's not a major issue. But it does mean our starting lineup for the first three weeks, which is important, is going to be looking a little bit different. Um, yeah, yeah. So before we get into, it, you reminded me of it as well, and I, I thank you for that because I just I I did my notes and and completely forgot that I hadn't done an AFLW wrap up as yet. So. Quickly, um, obviously, yeah. we we finished two seven and one. So one it was one, that's two set two wins, seven losses, one draw. It was one one win, one draw, eight losses in an inaugural season. So improved the record slightly. Uh, I think overall there were some on field signs that were promising. Obviously, that opening round showdown was far and away different. Obviously, we ended up losing, but we we had a little moment where we kind of had the had the other mob rattled a little bit. Um, they just showed their class in the second half and took over, but it was far and away different than the um, absolute uh, demolition <laughs> demolition result they had in us in the first year. Um, but there was still obviously yeah, absolutely. Most, mostly losses and a few heavy losses in there and a lot to build upon. But what 
how did you you know um you were there in the in the I've, we the last time we caught up in person was at Alberton for one of the AFLW games in the inaugural year season. one yeah yeah um how do you feel about the side now that you've seen year one year two and we're moving on to year three um what are your thoughts overall about how we're how we're looking obviously results yeah wise, yeah but um it, it's a lot more it's a lot bigger than that obviously so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure you're not surprised to to know that I'm fairly <laughs> yeah, level level headed about yeah. <laughs> uh, year two. You know, um, with these things, you've got to take all results with a modicum of salt. Um, it was good to uh, get an extra win on the ledger um, compared to year one, um, but it's very Gold Coast GWS um, in the AFL men's competition um, for me um, comparatively. Uh, I think if you honestly accept any new professional team to make an immediate impact, you're probably asking a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, and two years is fairly immediate um, in in a lot of regards. Uh, you got to look at it a bit deeper than that. And, you know, we could probably end up sounding a lot like coaches of a, of a football side, but <laughs> yeah, like all of the markers that you're probably looking for or we improved on and yeah, sure we would have liked to play finals in year two and yeah sure it would have been a lot easier to do so eight years ago um but there are a lot of teams who have a lot of head starts and a lot more seniority a lot more cohesion than what we could possibly get from um well year one which was a quick pre-season and then mm-hmm. one actual full pre-season so um look i thought we brought in some good players not i didn't actually get to go to any of their games last season um nothing worked out time-wise um but i kept updated on scores throughout uh, game day and then just some of the post and pre match um talking points and i i guess from the junior uh side of it some of our younger players especially abby Dowrick, who's going to going to be a gun she improved um, out of sight. And, you know, we've implemented some more seniority or, or mid-level seniority. So not people, not not women who are, say, at the end of their career, but some who are kind of middling, who have played for mm-hmm. other, other clubs and could be with us for quite a while yet. Um, I think we were overall a lot more competitive Um and our transitioning was a little bit better, albeit in some games we let ourselves down um, with our skills. Uh, I feel that that's probably one to improve um, absolutely in the off-season now, um, just those finer de- details of of disposing football um, and kind of knowing where your teammate is going to be mm-hmm. or where you expect them to be when you're holding the football. Um, all around that for a very raw team in the grand scheme of things in what is a a professional competition but it's still made up of a lot of different cogs uh, throughout the competition and um, there's still a lot of players who have non-football playing backgrounds uh, playing the game um so as we go on um i expect us all, all i expect is for us to improve and it was quite interesting and we spoke about it during the AFLW season about how all the vitriol from our fans in particular um, piling on 
because we had only won the one game up until um, uh, that point before we inevitably won our second game. Mm-hmm. And then we won our second game. So the season wasn't all for nothing in the end. We did actually make an improvement. And and for me, that's all I can really ask for. Yeah, especially um, with the fact, like you said, this is a this is a competition that has rapidly grown from nothing to being a full 18-team competition. Um, and with that, as you said, like we've still got, you know, we've got former professional cricketers. Obviously, Erin Phillips was a decorated AFLW player when she came to us, but she also was a, you know, a WNBA champion over here in the US and national titles for Australia as well. Um, I think I'm forgetting her name. There's someone that was a tennis player that's in our list as well. So there's just, we're in this transition Janelle period. Janelle Cuthbertson. Yes, yes, that's the one. Um, and then I think it was Pope, yep. Pope, Pope who played for the Strikers at one point, I think, as well. So, <laughs> you, got play, you got players that have got these career and it's just like so we're, we're still transitioning from um a stage of amateurish slash players that have to have you know athletes that have jobs and stuff like that and we're still transitioning out of that and obviously when a competition grows uh exponentially at a quick pace you're going to have some teething problems and the, and the last teams to come in are going to be the ones that are up against it and uh, you know compared to the first ones that came in that had easy rides to a few titles um so <laughs> the, um, yeah and and as you said you 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 actually don't know who they were yeah <laughs> not worth a mention you covered you, <laughs> you you covered it off pretty well on on basically everything i was thinking we showed mark markers of improvement the the, the effort and intensity and the, the kind of port adelaide brand that lauren arnell came in and was trying to basically instill was there it's just it was just disposal efficiency at times. I remember that first showdown that, that opened the season. Um, you just saw when Adelaide got their run together and how professional they were, how they were running the lines, how they yeah. they spaced for each other yeah. through the middle and, and, and understood where each other was going to be, which is what you were saying. Occasionally, we just kind of fell apart and you could tell they were looking around for where players were going to be rather than just knowing where they were going to be. Disposal efficiency was a bit off, dropping marks here and there. Just just the signs of a young team and, and a team that's still and players that are still learning their craft at the highest level. So, but, you know, we got that win, that win at the end of the year um, to send um, Flipper off uh, was an incredible kind of, just a wonderful moment at Albany. Obviously I was over in the US, I wasn't there, but I, you know, caught it all online and just really good vibes. Uh, we have an incredible facility yeah. coming to get, coming together there at Alberton, um that the girls are really going to benefit from. Um, and the, the guys obviously as well, but for them as that's actually their home ground for the competition, um, it's going to be great for them, and and yeah, the offset, and it's amazing. We, and uh, Matilda Schultz was an incredible um, pickup um, that played. Oh, well. oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, um, <laughs> how could uh, this is how long it's been, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even though I didn't get to go, um, uh, just purely um, looking at it secondhand online and, and what have you, I mean, it, it, men and women, um, very few players take captive you um so early in their career um mm. and for a young lady to come in and have such an impact like her uh, um amazing signs going forward and you can just hope that um yeah, we can hold on to her uh, um year one looked fantastic uh, mm. uh yeah i'm really glad that you mentioned her name because <laughs> i had honestly completely forgot about her she looks like a fantastic person uh one and a, a fantastic footballer which in a position that can be so imposing in the women's game um when uh, uh, height is probably a little bit more even across the board than the men's game. 
um, at this point in time. Um, someone mm. so big um, and imposing and could do it in the ruck and up forward, uh, but also uh, skills around the ground. Uh, mm -hmm. For someone her age, amazing. Um, so, yeah, again, that young factor of, of our team, um, she's definitely one to take us forward um, yeah. in the years to come. Yeah, and that's what's been great the last the last couple of seasons is like yeah the seasons on on the field haven't gone well but her off field recruiting has gone really well. Um, she was an incredible pickup. Obviously, um, Derek was our best and fairest this year. Ewing's was best and fairest year one. Ewing's had a bit of a sophomore slump year, but she's going to come good. I think it's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, and uh, she'll be good. So that's our first two draft picks from our inaugural draft have won our back to back. The our first two best and fairests. Um, I think no Derek wasn't a draft pick. She was picked up. She was picked up from... Yeah, I think Rio. she was yeah, like no, a um, supplement list. Yes. Yeah, yeah from so that's, WA. That's, that's incredible for a second chance with her. And, and she's an absolute gun. Um, Good find. Yeah. And then this offseason, we uh, picked up that Lauren Young, who like, was a potential number one draft pick, but we picked her up in the the, the, the pre-selection. Whatever. I, I can't remember all the terms for how yeah. they're doing, the, doing it. But yeah, we, we got her with Yeah, her. It's, a bit, it's a bit convoluted. Yeah, um, but yeah, we got grabbed her. We'll take grabbed, it. Yeah, grabbed Kirsty Lamb um, from who's an All Australian now. The Western Bulldogs got she's got a uh, Port family connection through Paul Rizaninka. Ties. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then Piper Window, who was a 18 year old sample best and fairest, we picked up in the draft as well. So the their off season recruiting again has been a, a real great. Um, you know, we've just supplemented the list incredibly with highly highly talented players, not just. Pick and shoot, like you know, for mm -hmm. these are high level young players that are coming to the AFL, AFLW system um, that are going to be, for all you know, all expectations, going to be pretty big, uh, handy, big time players in the in the competition, and we're and we're picking them up. So um, obviously, yeah, um, I think Lauren Young could have the same impact that uh, Matilda Schultz had this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, she's been long touted. I think um, when she play, starts playing. Um, yeah. I remember she, I think she won the SANFLW uh, Best and Fairest um, a couple of years ago, maybe, um, yeah. at such a young age. And again, fresh competition, mm -hmm. um, the SANFLW, but still to do it at, I think she might have been 15 at the time. It's no mean feat. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because these are the kind of girls that are, you know, coming into the side at 18 years old now that have now actually mm -hmm. got six or seven years of their life. So from about when they were 10, 11 years old, of watching AFL. Yeah, TV, and so they're kind of that first generation of girls that have come into their teens with a pathway to AFL footy, and you can see it in their skills. Like um, Matilda was incredibly—you you touched on it—just um, her ground, her skills game was exceptional for a, such a tall lady. And you know, you see tall blokes playing in the AFL competition. We, don't, you know, sometimes we don't grow into our bodies very well and as tall blokes until you get into your <laughs> mid twenties. But she, she seems pretty have a pretty good handle on on the um on the chassis there so to speak so um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, good, good signs all around and i'm i'm really you know i, I thought you, I, I figured based on how we we've chatted over the years um and i thought you'd probably be feeling pretty similar but yeah obviously you know we've finished near the bottom of the table not on the bottom of the table though and had a couple of wins and a nice win to finish it off um but the great the, you know the the greater scheme of things is you know the recruiting's going well we're building well and it's an in exceptionally young side but dotted in there with some great players that have been, you know, Gemma Houghton still, she's going to be around for a few years. Um, Ashley Saint had a pretty good first year and, and a few of those other names like Ange Foley and Indy Tarpo. And um, yeah, we've got a good, good mix of side that is quite young um, with some great talent in the youth, but yeah, it's, 
I'm looking forward to next year. Um, I agree. Interesting to see how we, because year three, I think, is what, you know, we've got to probably look to at least touch finals um, and probably want to yeah. you know, see if we can scrape in it. Because, you know, Sydney went from, you know, being absolutely shellacked by us in their yeah. first, first year to making finals last year because they made a few good pickups and really, um, so that's kind of the trajectory we want to be on. Just see if we can sneak into those seven, eight spots um, or, you know, better would be, you know, if we just shoot through the roof and, um Go, go top four then great but you know just just aim for the, the, those bottom couple of spots in the finals and and get some finals Absolutely. experience for that next stage um yeah so aflw you know obviously on field not great but uh you know the the greatest scheme of things is we're looking just fine i think which is wonderful i think so yeah and and like i said alberton's looking beautiful and it's just great to have and it's i i think it i still think it's so cool that we have an AFL competition side that plays their home games at Alberton. Like, you know, it's the year. It was one of the best things when the women's side got the green light. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first things I thought of, to be honest. Um, apart from the great pathway that professional women's sport creates, um, particularly mm-hmm. football, what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, the Holy Land on national TV is just immense. It's yeah. fantastic considering. As port supporters, we like to bang on about our history, but having a a visual and literal representation of that history right there for the for the world to see, to be frank. Um, yeah, one of the first things I thought of, and now it's had a facelift, which is even better. It's nice to have some, nice to have a club to go to to call home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. It's been there for you know what 140 odd years and that we've been there and uh, it's going to be another 140 odd years that we're there uh, at least. Um, Hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's not go into the weeds of uh, what's happening in the world right now, but yeah, no, we'll be there for a while yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So um, we've done off season. So just to segue in, you know, I do this all the time. I go, I say just a segue and it's like, well, that's, that's, moronic because now you just you know you're putting it out in the open that you're <laughs> well, trying that's to segue, and segue. It gets really it gets really <laughs> awkward but I, i'm just gonna it's one of my trying words. to segue <laughs> it's right, one of my little ticks it's so. f1 of 2024 yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly okay. yeah I'm, I'm getting i'm getting the i'm getting the wheels greased again um so our off season in the um afl men's competition um was uh similarly uh action-packed i guess um obviously both uh hmm. in um i mean the draft actually i think we thought was um, quite a sneaky little move but that's not where the action happened mostly um it was the trades uh, obviously asava radigalia who's been um lusting after us for a while and we've been lusting after him so like been a couple of people across like locking eyes at a bar for you know you know into the wee hours of the morning and we finally got it done um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. Gained, gained the confidence to <laughs> to propose waltz a drink, waltz over, and say, "Hey, here's the, yeah. what was it Geelong wanted in the end? They just wanted the ah, uh, who knows? They probably front. wanted a solid gold house. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, I was pretty happy with the off season moves in the end. I know, obviously, our draft hand got pretty, uh, you know, it was gutted. Basically, we didn't have much. But again, I did touch on the draft in a, in a bit, but. I thought the picks we made with what we had were pretty good, um, but the dra- the trades were you know trades and incomings with uh, Ivan Soldo, Jordan Sweet, um, Asava, and Brandon Zerk Thatcher. I'm just like rattling. That's what that was the four, wasn't it? I'm not missing anyone. Uh, Zerk Thatcher, Radigalia, Soldo, Sweet. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's the four. Um, 
we addressed the exact needs we needed to like whether or not like i guess it'll be remains to be seen how um what elite level of ruck play we can get out of solder it looks like solder is probably um the front runner for the spot at the moment um you know we've got vicentini in the back line uh, the, in the in the in the on the pine as well uh but it looks like it's probably solder's spot at the moment um and then obviously the back line reinforcements with Radagalia and, and Zerk Thatcher in there who, from what I can see, I haven't seen too much of the um, match sim stuff or any of that yet. Um, but from what I'm reading, it seems like people are reasonably happy with how they've um, looked in those situations so far. Um, we did everything we could with what the, the trade market was last year to address the needs that we need to. So I think from that perspective, you can't say it, you can't help but be happy with it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I um, absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, there were some clear deficiencies in our list, which were well spoken about internally, externally, and otherwise. Mm. Um, and we went after them. I, I'm pretty much at the point in Jason Cripps and Jeff Parker senior. Do what you want. Do what mm. you want. Like I how you go about what you want to do or, or whatnot. I just, I just don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they've proven, they've proven the majority of time that they can fill the needs that we have uh, every off season and that they have a greater plan in mind as all list managers and, and list boss do. Um, that they've tended to got, to get right a lot of the time, um, almost every time. Um, so compromising our current draft hand, you know, I, I work a medium paying job in Adelaide and I go to the football every second week. Um, but what I do know is that I'm pretty comfortable that although they might be compromising our draft hand, there's, some fruit to come at the end of it potentially. Uh, and um, I 100% trust them that they know what they're doing at this point in time. I don't really know how uh, a lot of people can doubt that. Although it did seem a bit heavy handed at first, in the end, we ended up with what was it, four draft picks um, mm. or, or three and a, and a rookie selection. I can't quite remember the exact number. Um, which came out of nowhere. It got to draft night and I was like, oh, okay, great. Like I expected one or two people to be picked up. And then all of a sudden we've, we've got a group of what looked like some missing um, late picks or, you know, they've got their free career ahead of them and it's for them to put in the work and, and potentially forge a career for themselves. But again, I, 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 tr I tend to trust the people um, that are in the job who've, got the track record to pick uh, a trade for the right people and and draft the right people as well um so yeah um i think it's important uh just going back to the to the trade um, portion of that too um although uh radicalia and uh, zerk thatcher feel probably our a more um important line Mm -hmm. uh, they are still uh, project players in a, in a way. They're, they're by no means uh, A-graders, uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if uh, 
I don't think it's fair to expect them to be. Obviously, uh, Radical Lee is getting a lot of attention because he's a big body um, and he can give a lyric chop out. But he was project along and he is still going to have to work really hard and improve um, a fair amount for us to be the formidable top one or two teams that we aspire to be uh, in the competition. And Zerk Thatcher basically is a younger um, swap for Tom Jonas. So mm -hmm. um, we've just added um, height, height with Radicalia and a more youthful Tom Jonas type, I guess you could say, um, at a similar height. Um, I did watch the match, Sim, and um, it's probably what's contributed to my sentiments just then about Radicalia. Uh, although we've heard a lot of good things uh, from our preseason, um, it looked to me like he needed a bit more time in our defence. Mm -hmm. um, against an opposition uh so by uh, no no i'm not worried i'm not overly concerned it's just like any new player in a new environment he needs time to gel with our team against another genuine opposition um but in a similar vein to my trust in our list management team um the high majority of times that Ken Hinckley has got his claws into a player that we have traded in. They've generally improved and they've generally improved by a fair margin. Um, you could list off a lot more names that have improved that to names that haven't since coming across Port Adelaide in Ken Hinckley's tenure. Um, a testament to him, but also our coaching staff, our coaching team over um, the last decade. Yeah. And particularly guys in that defensive line as well that we've so in. yeah, um, yeah. I'm quite happy. It was interesting. Um, what what was that? Sorry, sorry. I was just saying. I was just. I did, did pause for a second. It was the it was the feed. But um, I was just saying guys in our defensive <laughs> lines that we've brought in as well as like Elias. Yeah, in. yeah, absolutely. Um, and the one that as you were chatting about guys that we improved, just the name that kept on running through my mind was Trent McKenzie. You know, he was listed up into the Gold Coast, and he's he's been here for five, what, six, seven years maybe now? And he's, <laughs> I think it was and um, he's, and he's end of 2017. A, yeah, and he's still a fairly important player, and he's and he's often running around on one leg and still making it work. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we, we, you, you're absolutely right. We've um, got a track record. Yeah, out of... Um, yeah. Yeah, out of all the people that we picked up in that of 2017 off-season, <laughs> if you said to anyone that... Trent McKenzie was going to be the only one left. Um, most people would have laughed later. at you. Yeah. So yeah, 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 absolutely. I even think of like Matt White. I mean, then there's better players than the ones that we're naming, but it just goes to show that even at the very minimum of standard in can pay dividends um, after a small or long uh, matter of time. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that I found interesting uh, from the match sim was well in our ruck battle with our two new inclusions is that um, I felt against Riley O'Brien, who's quite a formidable ruck and a bit of a lumbering oaf looking type player um, and slightly yeah. offensive. Um, he is, he is what you would say a genuine ruckman, mm -hmm. uh, Riley O'Brien. And I found it interesting where Soldo maybe let himself down in the tap department. He, Played uh, O'Brien, in my opinion, uh, around the ground um, and was a bit physical. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Sweet, when exchanging with Soldo, I felt actually competed uh, better uh, with his tap work against Riley O'Brien. So, again, it just adds another layer of 
um, interest to who we're going to go with as first ruck or how they're going to set up the team with those two in mind um, as they both clearly bring um, minor differences to our team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, that's, and again, I guess I, I think with bringing those guys in, my immediate thought uh, after the trade period kind of dusted settled was I don't expect this to be an elite ruck department team this coming year. Like it's just like bringing in, you bring in an Ivan Solder who's, you know, two decent players and, you know, and Jordan Sweet, but um, I think we're still going to be, but it's just to improve the department, have a little bit more stability because last year was a bit of a shit show and we still, we still managed to, obviously the finals flame out wasn't fun, but we still managed to make top four because of uh, a lot of around the ground stuff. And that's what we want out of some of our, that's exactly right. So, um, and yeah, defensively, uh, you know, like I said, you've you've seen some of it. I haven't seen any. I've just you know read the the bits and pieces, which often can be nice and fluffy at this time of year, anyway. So um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. selling hope. Yeah, uh, but you know, we're we're all premiership contenders in in February, so it's great. <laughs> so you should be. Yeah, I hate um, it when yeah clubs think other well sell otherwise. Mm, yeah. Oh, maybe finals, Matt. That- might be a bit harsh but every club should be selling finals mm-hmm. we should be selling premiership however on the other hand yeah um that's the thing is like t- teams can come out of nowhere and we've seen it time and time again over the last 20 years of you know 20 30 years of us as fans we've seen teams come out of nowhere and, and become and dynasties and you know pretty quickly so um yeah so beyond so beyond that uh looking now uh going into the season what what is it? I've, I'm just looking at my questions now because I, I had it written. Like I said, this is, this is very somewhat organized, but I, my main thing that I, I kind of look at with, you know, the movement. <laughs> yeah, you did really well. Yeah, with yeah. the notes. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, just written on the influence of Saturday beers. Um, we, because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things we did really well last year and I was really impressed with a lot of things that we did. There's some subtle changes to our side and, and how we played and, you know, we were, when we're playing our best footy, we're actually, you know, a lot of those things that we have criticized Port Adelaide over the years for, like, you know, the dump, you know, just the dump into the forward lines and all that kind of stuff. There was a period of time there where we really did lock in, you know, you guys like Zach Butters and Rosie um, were picking targets and, and we, were, we were a little bit more direct and, and, and finding some fruit from that. But then once it kind of fell apart, which there was mitigating factors, injuries and all that kind of thing um, and form kind of dropped off a little bit here and there. And, um, is there a key thing that you you look at looking at the side and looking at how we played last year and how close we were, the guys that have come in, um, that you look at that that is clearly what the missing link or the thing that we need to improve to get over that lump? What is what is it that you see as the major thing, maybe concern you have, but also positive that you have that you think we can overcome, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess um, due to the nature of uh, the way we play our football being quite attacking, we leave ourselves open um, on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And particularly when we're, when things aren't quite going right. Um, and in games we've lost um, not only last year, but in the last half a decade, um, we tend to be opened up a bit too easily when mm-hmm. the ball goes the other way. Um, so, yeah, obviously a stronger defensive structure and that doesn't only come down to the defensive line. It, it does 
you know, it's banged on about so much these days, but it does start up forward. But uh, being such a young midfield too, when it gets to like a centre bounce situation uh, and centre stoppages, um, we need to do better to restrict easy ball going into the forward line because any team that gets, excuse me, clearances from the middle too easily are just putting themselves at such an advantage and conversely, uh, we're putting ourselves at such a disadvantage. So I would um, hope that we tighten up because at the end of the day, uh, I listened to Ken Hinckley's chat with Jared Waitley from like the 8th of this month um, Mm -hmm. where he said we're a club that um, looks for incremental improvement at this point in time because yeah at the end of the day we although the season didn't finish how we wanted it was bitterly disappointing we're a good we're a good club like we're a good team mm. it doesn't take an idiot to to understand that so it is just minor details and again like i said i'm a punter from adelaide who spectates every couple of weeks so from my point of view um yeah just uh when the game is going against us, not bleeding so much mm-hmm. and also tightening up in the midfield uh, around the ball with a uh, newly established uh, midfield group. Yeah. And that's that's probably my main thing. I think last year there was, again, when we were probably in our best form um, in that middle of the year period when we went on a 13-game win streak, we did have those moments where the tide was going against us a bit. Um and we did hold on well enough. We'd still leak a few goals out of the bag. And, you know, we had those games where we had to come back from, mm-hmm. you know, 16, 17 points down against Melbourne in the rain on the Friday night, stuff like that. But never got too far Great away game. from it. Yeah. It's, I've, I have gone back and watched it. Like, a, I think I put it on, like, in the off-season at one point. Just, you know, your background noise when you're doing some work on the couch or whatever. Um, it's just good vibes, that one. You know, like, <laughs> you know the, the shush and then the Zach Butters wheeling around. And it, well, that was a... I think that was a Zach Butters three Brownlow vote kind of game. Um, but yeah, those games. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he had a yeah, blinder. Yeah. Um, those games where we we did we, we did tighten up, we have found a way to tighten up a little bit. It was just that we were still, it almost felt like this, because we've gone through almost a mini rebuild after that terrible 2022 we had into last year. I don't think, I think most of us were hoping to make finals again. We weren't sure about top four. We made top four, had a brilliant run, but there's still, um, you know, we I, there was a lot of improvement to um, in those areas. Like I thought, our forward fifty entry was better at times. It, it fell apart towards the end of the year again a little bit. Um, but in the middle of that year, there was things that I saw that I hadn't seen from Ken Hinckley team for a while, and was w- where I was quite. You know, I gave him some praise and or gave the coaching staff in general praise that we did we did seem to have figured out some things over the off season and and implemented them into the season as well, um, and. That's just, I think, going into this year, I, that's where my main hope is that those things that we kind of started figuring out in the middle of last year and that when, when we were at our best, we were, you know, we were playing good footy, um, holding the, kind of being able to stem the tide a little bit when it was going against us and then and then score and score well because um, we had some runs where we just, you know, it's still frustrating. There was, the, you know, the people would put it out there occasionally. It was a trademark, you know, Hinkley quarter of, you know, you just you'd, you'd score five or six in one quarter, and then you know it'd suddenly dry up in the next quarter or whatever. But um, we were able to hold on a little bit better, and and so that main concern that you brought up about the the balls out the back that go quickly, um, 
I'm hoping that'll be cons- that'll be alleviated a little bit with those going back to the trades. Um, Zerk Thatcher and Radagalia back there. Um, as long as we stay fit, because my biggest thing last year, and I think you and I might have talked about it, or maybe I haven't, but my biggest thing last year was our, de- our defense was a house of cards. It was only going to take one injury, and once Mackenzie started getting a bit hobbled, Aaliyah seemed to be on occasionally, mm. an, like would turn an ankle and look a little bit sore for half a game. Um, the defense was just like it was, you know, and you know Jonas was in and out and all that, all that stuff. It was just. Um, that was the biggest area of concern last year beyond the ruck and the ruck, we kind of just figured out a little bit and just patched it together throughout the year. Um, so that's probably my biggest area of concern going into this year was the defense, but it's also my biggest area of hope because we have brought those guys in. Hopefully we can revamp it a little bit, a little bit of youth as well. Um, with Jonas going out of there, obviously he just, you know, his body just left him last year. And um, if we can, the, and yeah, so- that came up so quickly. It's just when it happens, it just happens, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's quite sad, actually. It is. Yeah. Especially like we're talking off air about moving, moving houses and like we've just moved apartments here in LA and like, God, the pain I was in just putting the couch together. (laughs) So I can't even imagine trying to play play a game of footy when you're in, when you've suddenly hit that age. When you've hit that wall. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But the, the, along with the defensive side of it, um, another year of this, because I mean, I guess we should mention it now, obviously Rosie's taken over as captain and, and the leadership group has changed. We kind of touched on it a little bit with Sam Pepper talking about him earlier, but um, you know, it, it has been an overhaul to how the kind of squad stru- structured both on field, just on field, but as far as it's structured, as far as its leadership um, capacity goes, Rosie's taken over um, as captain, Butters as, uh, as vice captain and the leadership group of, now, now this is going to test my memory because um, I haven't looked at it for a bit. Uh, it's Pal Pepper. Was Drew one of them? No. Is Drew? Drew, Dan Houston. Um, yeah. And Pal Pepper. And I think that's it. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Pal, yeah, yeah. Pal Pepper, Drew, yeah. Houston. And Dan, and Dan Houston. Zach Butters as vice captain. And then, yeah. No, no, that sounds right. Yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, is it just that I wanted Drew to be in there? <laughs> like, did he actually? Because he, he's, no, he de- yeah, he definitely yeah, is. And yeah. that's one thing I liked about it was because it kind of, um, from a leadership group point of view, it covered each line. Um, mm. uh, with some useful players too. I've got Tom on their side, um, which obviously was by design, probably mm. uh, having such a young captain and vice captain, having a young leadership group so that they can all just come through um, and lead the lead the club and the teams uh, together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's putting the onus on them now to say, this is your time. Cause it, it did kind of come quickly last year that it suddenly was, it was, yeah. their, it was their team now. Um, and look, and Rosie and Butters had fantastic years that they took, they took that man, um, that kind of pressure on and, and it, you know, kind of, you know, pressure creates diamonds or whatever. It's just like they, they flourished with it. Um, and as you mentioned, that was the great thing about it was yeah. that they took it yeah and it, and it made them better like once the reins were taken off it was just like this is what we needed to get to the next level um but as you touched on our game style sometimes is that it's predicated partly on you know hoping our defense can hold when those balls come out the back but that's partly on the midfield midfield as well to um to have the you know kind of line in place to because we're, we're so predicated on that forward half pressure and the midfield is that defensive line against that. And um, last year, occasionally you could see when it went against us, like the GWS final, when it was going against us, they kind of, they were a bit quiet in the first, that was a, one of those halves of footy where 
Butters and Rosie didn't get much of the footy and, and you could just, you kind of could see that there was a little bit of, oh, this is the first time we've had to deal with this. So, you know, hopefully a learning, learning um, kind of experience in that game. Um, and the other, the other un, unsung kind of part of the off season for me as well is um, Horn Francis came in last year and it's an incredible, obviously an incredible pickup um, as far as just, you know, he's the number one draft pick one year removed from that draft and um, all that stuff. You know, he's an incredible player. And he came in and played well, but he was coming off an off-season mm. where he had surgery and it wasn't like a clean preseason. This year he's had clear air. He's gone to, gone to the US with Boak, which we all know is kind of like just this mystical, like it's kind of like Batman going to the yeah. mountains, mountains of... Jordan's... Yeah. Um, yeah, what is it? Yeah, secret yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or a Dennis Rodman trip to Vegas, whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, it. you know, he's had... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's had a clear off season to um to actually you know kind of because we we know how important the off season is just for conditioning and getting used to, and just and having that confidence with your body and everything like that and the fact he's gone over with um, Boke and had a good little off season trip um and kind of gotten to understand what because I think that was important like, you know Butters and Rosie did it a couple of years ago and look what that's done for him since um, not that everyone I'm sure that at some point maybe it won't work but. Um, Horn Francis looks like he's in good nick and occasionally yeah. that was like and obviously I don't criticize him for it at all like he was 19 years old going on 20 last year but you know there was those games where he couldn't just the pace of the game he couldn't he was learning he's still learning his craft I think and this year I still don't expect him to be you know the the potential Brownlow winner or anything like that for another three or four years at least like that's he's still just a 20 year old lad I think um but yeah with him in there and Ollie Wines looking like he's pretty fit again, that midfield, I think those, some of those issues we had last year, as far as the midfield being out of, you know, cater for some of those, that, that little ball out of the back kind of stuff that we were struggle we struggle with at times and helping out the defense a little bit and being able to cut off those lines of supply. Um, I think this year will be one of those years that we start really seeing kind of that, what, what we saw last year. It's not like we're seeing anything new, but it'll be, more evolved and more stable um, with yeah you know, wines back in form. Horn Francis with another year under his belt and 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 a, and comfortable now. He's coming in. He's got his year of being booed and having to deal with all that. He knows all that. Like he's going to get booed still, but he's got he's he's it's old yeah. It may yeah. still come. Yeah, but it's old hat now. He's he's comfortable now. So yeah, um, yeah. That's what I'm excited for is this midfield group along with that defensive group, um, kind of seeing how that's evolved to be able to cut off a little bit of that worry that we have with when, when the tide's going against us. Um, the forward line, I'm actually pretty confident about, which is not where I'm usually at. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you... So many options all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, and Mitch, like just seeing those highlights of Georgiades taking handball on the run and taking a bounce and slotting one from inside, just inside 50. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a new recruit again, basically, so... One thing I will say is that he only plucked the um the well yeah yeah what um what was it the the last three last three periods of that oh, game so he was playing um, again he was playing so sample opposition yeah yeah it yeah. was a bit of a it was a bit of a layup for him but mm. you can only play who you lined up against and um I guess the goals are great because he did have one set shot and it looked like his set shot um routine was uh much like it was a, a couple of years ago or, or a few years ago when he just couldn't miss. Don't want to put the mockers on yet, but um, 
but apart from the goal kicking, it was more like it's just um, his running uh, around the ground and direction, cha- direction, directional change um, that was more pleasing for someone who they were thinking might not be ready for round one um, and might take a few weeks after the season officially starts to now being potentially a genuine option to select from for round one. Mm. Um, I don't think they will at this point in time, but we've got another preseason match to go. Um, so, yeah, which I do get to watch that one here, which is nice. You never know. Um, but yeah, on, on top of Ollie Lord's, yeah, on top of Ollie Lord's emergence uh, at the end of last year in particular, mm. plus all the small forwards that we seem to have available now. Um, yeah, that's why it's I didn't I didn't bring it up before in terms of my concerns because I feel we've got a lot of attacking firepower, uh, and if we were to get it in there the right way, um, Finlayson uh, tends to be forgotten. Um, as well uh, because of all the emergence of some of these other players. Mm. Um, but yeah, whoever it is, as long as it's balanced, it's unthreatening. Um, everyone possesses something a little bit intricate and a little bit different, which is important in my opinion with any AFL side, I think you need X factor um, and points of difference across your 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, um, that's, that'll be interesting to see because I know Marshall. I think what do you get a his foot stomped on um a week because he he didn't play the semi yeah yeah so I think no he not, didn't they're not, they're not too worried about him but that might be where Mitch does get his chances if they've they've still I, I assume it's just some bone bruising or something like that like it doesn't seem like they're that concerned but he didn't it's enough concern to kind of put him in cotton wool for a little mm. bit um, being preseason I, I assume he'll be fine um and and congrats to him for getting a five year deal as well um. It's a club that doesn't lose many. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, absolutely. Um, says a lot for the culture. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the forward line, like you said, Finlayson uh, gets forgotten a little bit, which is partly because he had that he fell away a little bit in the second half last year. Which um, again, I'll remind people like what you know, just not wanting to harp on it too much, but what he's gone through in the personal life with Kelly and then their <clears> continuous <throat> battle with her um, health is like. Um, and you see, sometimes see what she posts personally and, and how hard their life can be at times just with this, just the mental stress of it. Like, um, you know, it's not like give him a pass, but like, it's just like, I'll still say, look, if he's not best 22, then, you know, that's what happens. But like, I'm not going to criticize yeah. him personally for it. Um, you know, he had, I think he would understand that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he would. He'd just say, look, I'm not, I'm not at the races and, and especially if we're fully fit, um, you know, and the one we haven't even mentioned yet is Charlie Dixon, which I know he gets a lot. He's um, someone who gets a little bit lambasted at times, depending on, but half the time he's running around in one leg. So I'm just like, well, I don't know if that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be selecting him, but if he's out there, then, you know, it's, um, I, I don't blame him. Yeah. 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 yeah that was, that was, a, that, that was partly out. I think that was just a wrong decision last year, but then, you know, maybe we didn't have the, I, that was around when we were having a few injury troubles. So, um, I don't think his legs will ever be a hundred percent anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's unfortunate, but you know, if, um, Dicko, I love him. Uh, I love him. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So I think, you know, hopefully he's, um, fit going into the year because he does just attract attention from, um, you know, opposing. Cause if you do give him a clear run, um, he's going to, he's going to clunk a mark. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten pretty good with that, actually, over the last few years. It's an underrated part of his game. Yeah, he's, he's one of the out. best contested marks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he, and he draws, It's that point of difference again. Yeah. 
and he draws draws a couple of defense. Like if he's if he's is leading, he's going to draw defenders, and then it kind of creates space a little bit for when it often inevitably comes to ground these days. So, um, yeah, but yeah, the the stocks the stocks up forward, I'm actually really really pleased with. Obviously, we touched on it at the start. Pal Pepper is going to be out for the first few weeks, so it'll be interesting what the lineup is um, with him out because he's you know locked in in those small forward roles these days, and you know pinch pitch hitting elsewhere around the ground, but. Um, I was really, really, really impressed with uh, Willie Rioli's year last year as he grew into the year, and um, his second half of the year was pretty strong. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him get it in his second year at Port. And now that he's settled as well, and because he had a year last year, where he you know he missed a game going up for his um, you know the, his father celebration yeah. and all that stuff. So there's little things like that with these new guys that have come in with, like I said, Jason Orn Francis dealing with his injuries and then a few of those, you know, just the, the media sensationalism of, of his move to Port Adelaide as well. And these guys that have come in from last year, um, they're going to come into the, you know, second year at Port. I think will be underrated kind of like we know what they, they're capable of and, and what we kind of are hoping for, but you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be interesting in week four or five if we have got it off to a good start. And Willie Rowley's playing well, and Jason Holland France is playing well. What the media, how for media goes, oh, geez, these guys are good. Like, it's like, yeah, that's what that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, just um, just on what you're saying, um, after four or five rounds, and um, just going back to our chat about um, like Radagalia in particular, mm. the the one thing um that I hoped for Horn Francis last year was that he at least had a good start to the year. Mm. Yeah. Um, and in round one, he had a blinder. So, um, yeah, just going back on the uh, Radaglia chat, it's a similar uh, sentiment that I have for him too. I think if he has a good start to the season, um, it will compound in the positive mm. from that point on. Um, it's amazing. But yeah, and Jason the mental, the mental side of the game is like, you know, it's... You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They always say footy's yeah, not, yeah. Footy's um, footy or, you know, you know, basketball, whatever you're playing, it's 90% between the years. So if you can... I think like, to, sorry, I, I did cut in on you, but I was just thinking. No, no, you yeah, like Horn Francis when he kicked that goal and that and, and that you're game. you're right, yeah, you're 100 yeah. on the mind. It's sport from yeah. any level. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, radically, can have a good couple of games and it just he'll, he'll feel that that pressure just come down a little bit. The game slows down a little bit. You start seeing it, and you, Adelaide Oval starts feeling like absolute home. Um, your teammates, and it's it just it all come, it all comes together just with it. Yeah, you know, just a little moment in life, whatever it may be. You know, it doesn't have to be sports. It just sometimes just little moments can just crystallize everything for you. And I think that's what happened for yeah. Francis in that round one last year. And that's yeah, like that was a great thing to bring up. Is like yeah, that's what you want to see. Just a good solid start from all of these new boys that get you know that get brought in at round one. Um, if they yeah. can have a nice opening round, which you know we've got West Coast, so not wanting to <laughs> not wanting to be the you know the, yeah. the guy that like you know we should be winning that one and and hopefully it's a good good um you'd be expecting to yes yeah um i'll just i'll just delete twitter from my phone if we lose if we lose a game like that for a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't want to oh, but it, honestly from west coast point of view like uh, yeah, coming up against a top four side or what many people would think is a top four side. You want to get them early in the year um, because mm-hmm. I firmly believe that the year hasn't actually started until about round six. Um, mm-hmm. uh, generally, that's when most of the cobwebs have been shaken off. Um, 
from the off season. So early season wins are vital. Uh, we we know that ourselves from a couple of years ago, uh, not having them um, because everyone's rusty. Uh, everyone's rusty, no matter how good or bad they are. There'll be a good team that's a little less good and there'll be a, a bad team that's, you know, there or thereabouts. But um, it's the time to strike for the teams who are looking to improve and, and the danger games for... Uh, for a side like us who yeah would <laughs> expect to beat west coast yeah. based on football that happened over six months ago um or around about six months ago so mm. uh yeah um but at this point in time we're expecting a wins and hopefully off the back of that is confidence like you said yeah um uh, looking at the fixture um just looking i guess now that we've talked about it about it a little bit um how do you how do you feel about the opening five six weeks because i look at it and think there's a pathway to a pretty good pretty good opening record um i can see that you're yep. looking it up right now um and uh and i'm just doing <laughs> the same as well because I, I know that we've got <laughs> well um, we've spoken about it before when the fixture came out but yeah, yeah a lot of water goes under the bridge and well, I, I yeah have, all like, of a sudden I have you an have idea to... in my mind that i know we have melbourne in the first three or four weeks and that's probably the biggest i think that it's collingwood in round six i think is what we've got. yes so, we do yeah yeah uh, so i think I, in my mind i thought there was a pathway that's correct yeah you know the best case scenario is obviously be five and oh heading to the i think we head to the g to pay collingwood yeah um and we melbourne, do yeah our yeah. match yeah and we've had, we actually get to go to the mcg for twice in the first six weeks that's um That'd be almost and I think there's another one as well. Um, like later in the year? Because uh, during the... Yeah. Because I think I saw a graphic about Taylor Swift playing at the MCG th- three times this year. Um, oh, yeah. No, we got we got Melbourne at the G in one of those... Um, and how she plays at the MCG more than some, some other clubs. But we were... We, I think we were equal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, we are. We've got... Yeah, we've got the MCG. I don't, I don't look for Taylor Swift content. It just comes to me. <laughs> It's it's pretty impossible to ignore it actually at the moment. It's particularly um, <laughs> myself as like you know, and and you as probably a sports fan as well. Like with the um, her turning up at NFL games this year, um, which I have no problem. I'm not I'm bad, no yeah. problem with it at all. But um, yeah, it does cross over into your kind of your sports content realm as well. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good that we get to hopefully we have three good performances on the G like she did last week. So <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, so. You, when yeah you fingers at, crossed yeah um when you look at those opening it is the like because the opening of the season as you just touched on is is really key to kind of you know it's the ground the groundwork for your season um kind of what are your honest expectations looking at it? like if you if we look at um round six against collingwood as kind of like as a breaking point like that's the first big probably huge match of our season i would say and not no no disrespect to melbourne or anything like that coming up or whatever but Collingwood are the defending premiers and we have to go play them on their deck in round six. So what would your... Yeah, and I tend to drop off for Melbourne. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I have no idea how to read what's going on over there at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I don't know if we're going to... Will we see... Like, I think Clary will probably play, start playing, but um, it's also, you know, is... And I assume he'll play reasonable, but just the overall vibes are a little weird there. So it's either going to galvanize that yeah. or it'll slowly swinter apart. Um, and it's particularly, obviously, we touched on it with the Power Pepper chat, but Brayshaw retiring as well is um, a big, big you know, piece missing for them. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I don't think they can fill that spot now. No. 
I guess, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it works. Like, I guess, do they just pick some, like, the rookie list? Because I think or whatever, the yeah. supplementary, yeah, the period is um, closed and they have to wait to the mid-season. I mean, whether they um, apply for some exemption, maybe, because, you know, it's a medical retirement. Um, that was maybe, I don't know. I'm that would sure be interesting. That, <laughs> I'm sure they'll try it, um, you know, maybe, but um, explore all avenues. But yeah. Yeah, what, so, what do you what do you look yeah. at when you look at the first six rounds? There, what do you what are you thinking? Um, feeling pretty confident. Oh, we should be aiming for at yeah, for six rounds we should be aiming at at four and two at the worst, mm-hmm. absolute worst. But um, uh, probably that Melbourne game being the only on paper more difficult one. Um, but yeah, it, it, we're judging it based on last season's performances. We are, yeah. So I that's all we am. all we yeah. can go off of. Um, yeah, that you would be a five and one start would be great. Uh, six and zero would be yeah, fantastic, be... unrealistic probably. Um, yeah. But four and two at the worst, would say. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I the Collingwood game. I have no idea what to expect from that. Um, obviously, we didn't have a good game over there last year um, when we went over early in the season. But that was early in the season as well, and and we were in a little bit of a. I don't even know what to call that spot that we were in because we opened up the season all right against Brizzy. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I and the MCG is always a place that we we don't always play super well at the moment. Um, it's, it would be nice to go over there and, and change that narrative a little bit. So here's hoping, but yeah, I just look at the first five games, even taking the Collingwood out one out of it and just calling that one. That's, you know, a big, you know, 50, 51. Um, I would probably expect to be four and one. Um, I think if we're even three and two, we probably haven't started the season super well. If you look at the, those opening five games, we should be looking to win, you know, four out of five of them should be, you know, the goal and then and five, well, five and is obviously the goal, but, you know, four and one, you'd be reasonably happy with, um, depending on which one you dropped, it would be random to have dropped like the Frio one at home or something like that. But, you know, Frio, you know, mm. they're talking about throwing net five back in the midfield yeah. again, which is, which is funny. It's just like, you should have looked at us with Travis spoke a few years ago and known that you should have just kept him in there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, ah, oh, it was the most painful thing about Boke being out for all those years. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, what did we achieve there? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I look at those first five rounds and think, you know, four and one's probably where I'm looking at just realistically because you just know that maybe that Melbourne one, if they, if Melbourne do come in and play pretty well, um, they are a tough one to play if they're on, you know, they've got good players around the ground. But, you know, I, you know, that could be one you just randomly drop if you're off, you know, slightly off and they're actually playing okay and everyone's fit for them that, and Clary's, you mm. know, playing okay. Um, it know, is at home, so it is, yeah, it is, and and yeah, it's a it's a late it's a twilight game from the looks. I'm looking at it's one thirty my time. Melbourne is seven p.m. Um, okay, yeah, so, so it's a it night is, game. Yeah, um, it is a night game. Saturday night game. Yeah, yeah. So good off, good old one thirty a.m. kickoff for me. That's fucking great. Right. Um, similar, similar scenario to last year, albeit yeah. earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. It's it's but nice. I, the, the first two games of the season they're uh, ten p.m. games for me, so it's perfect. But after that, we start getting to the so the two o'clock in the morning ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm 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 looking at it going four and one. I think is where I'd probably be happy enough. I don't actually. We should be five and I looking at it if if we are fit and you know at the moment the only major injury concern we have. I think Hugh Jackson's the only one out for a long period of time at the moment. So 
out for until mid-season with a hip. Uh, yeah, yeah, for a long termer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everyone else is just you know a week. Yeah, hip surgery. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, provided nothing crazy happens on the track or in the the game this week against Rio, uh, we should be going into the season fit and firing and with everyone yeah. basically to select from. And Richmond um, will be interesting at the G. Mm-hmm. Um, new coach, um, and and an earlier away game, um, and then Essendon. Always seem to start the season with a bit of vigor, but again, that's at home gatherings. So, um, yeah, at this point in time, you have to expect to beat them. Um, mm-hmm. So they got they got a pretty good on paper past performance. Not... Yeah, I feel we're a better side still, um, yeah. but um, yeah, and even if we, you know, I expect to be four and one or four and. Um, Four and one after five, or four and two after after six. But even if we're three and three, I'll be probably fairly disappointed. But um, you won't be losing. You like I said, yeah. The season—that's when the season starts. So mm-hmm. around six for me. Um, so if we're at level, uh, if we're at fifty-fifty, come around six, um, yeah. <laughs> No, not all is lost at all. But yeah, um, yeah I, I genuinely believe uh, that we'll. Or I generally expect us to be four and one after five, um, and four and two at worst after yeah. six, which would set an incredible platform for the rest of the season as the, as some of those tougher games do come. Um, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for as well when I look at it and look at the fact that we are reason having a reasonable preseason with um, players you know, in injury worries or whatever over the off season haven't been as bigger of a concern this this off season as some in the past. Um so yeah, quietly confident, which is sometimes a scary place to be, but um it's it's better than just being completely despondent as well. Yeah. Um, I mean so, it, it is a bit scary, but yeah. it's our expectation, right? Um yeah, yeah. it's the we old... expect to win premierships. So yeah, mm-hmm. we expect to beat everyone. Yeah, it's you know it'd be boring if you're just expecting the worst all the time, I guess. So it's um, that's what makes you human is the is this the, is the fear to fail. So pretty bleak um, existence. Yeah, exactly. It must be what it, <laughs> it must be what it's like to be a, a, a you know well the Colton fans about to turn around, but for a while it wasn't good. Um, yeah. Um, so extrapolating that out now, just to the rest of the season, obviously, I guess it's a like a it's a rhetorical question almost like expectations for the year, but. Um, I guess we can talk about it in the sense of just to close off for the last 10, 15 minutes here. Um, you know, the expectations, obviously, outside, you know, there's been some off, you know, the, Ken Hinckley being the longest tenured coach without a grand final appearance, all these storylines that we have. Um, you know, Treadere coming onto the board and figuring out that things aren't actually as bad as he thinks it is. Maybe he starts already figuring out. <laughs> Self-confessed. Yeah. He <laughs> already has to toe the party line, which it's kind of funny. I found it quite interesting. And I'm glad if he comes in and does the right thing and, and, but while providing a, a you know, a, a dissenting voice when needed um, and respectfully, it's what we, you know, what we voted for him to do, despite if we don't agree with everything um, he stands for, that's why. I voted for him. I, I wanted. I wanted to give him a chance because otherwise, you know, he was either going to come in and 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 blaze a trail and and fail, or he was actually going to be a a good part of it. So there's that side of it. There's the Hinkley stuff. There's you know our inability to get to that final spot. Um, 
do you think, where do you think, uh, you know, when we look at it, the, the headlines in the mid October this year, what are you, what are you expecting to see? <laughs> headlines in mid October. Like when the oh, dust is settled from the season, what do you, where, like, I guess you can say what, I mean, obviously we hope for a premiership, but um, is, is your ex, are your expectations lining up with your hopes or are you, are you a little bit, where, how confident are you? You can do it like, you know, seven out of 10, eight out of 10 or whatever, whatever metric you want to use um, to how confident you are that we can um, make that next step. Oh, I'm extremely confident that we can. Absolutely. I've been extremely confident that we can for the last five years. Um, it's just a game of marginal differences. Um, mm -hmm. Whether you do or not, is a completely different thing uh, and again there's a wide ranging of factors that contribute to that you're a, you're a fan of many sports yourself um there's plenty of examples around the world of of teams who can do the thing mm. um but inevitably don't um yeah with excessive pain uh with any yeah i'm a cricketer with any successful innings uh, batting innings you you need a little bit of luck along the way. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm expecting that we will be in contention for uh, a premiership this year. Um, we just need we need something to fall our way. Uh, mm -hmm. We need to show better resolve when when it comes to uh, the whip cracking time of the year. Mm. Yeah, um, because. Although I, I'm a bit of I'm a self-confessed apologist at the best of times, um, we haven't been able to get it done, and and it's seemingly, like we said earlier in the pod, and like you said, it's it's very it's more the mental side that I think we have to overcome rather than the the ability or or the physical nature, uh, physical side of the game or the skill. Um, they they need to work really hard at a getting themselves there, which I expect them to. Um, yeah, that the finals of course um but they need to overcome they need to find a way to overcome that that mental barrier which um that we find ourselves with or, or they find themselves with um because we can absolutely do it like yeah uh, again it would take an idiot to to say that we're not good we're not a good club we're not a good team um and we don't have the parts there to win a premiership mm -hmm. yeah no and um i will i'm pretty much in lockstep with you on that then because that is that I, I had the same belief last year in the midst of that that <clears throat> winning, winning run we had and we suddenly had ourselves in a you know top four position and seemingly uh, while we you know fell away from what felt like a pretty comfortable top two finishing position we still finished with the double chance which is my base expectation for this year is like we finished in the top four it's going to be competitive the, the league has got um, some good teams um, obviously Collingwood have come out of, you know come out of nowhere a couple of years ago to you know have a pretty boring you know the end of Buckley's tenure was marred with um, I mean we played them over there and beat them by a point in the game which felt like it had a um, you know less scoring than you know a game between you know two of the bottom so teams in the Premier League or something it was one of those games that was just well, yeah but then, watch. yeah, two years later, they're premier. So things can change pretty quick for a lot of clubs. And, um, but as you said, we're in the position where we don't need to change too much. We just need to, um, and my big thing has been mental resolve in those moments is like how we prepare 
um, for some of those moments in games where it goes starts going a little bit awry or whatever. And, uh, and I, again, I, I mentioned earlier, I thought we did have moments last year where it seemed like we had evolved and, and matured in some aspects of the game. I think towards the end of last year, there was some, like we were a little bit walking wounded at times. People, players weren't fully fit. Um, we had that game. We were cooked. It's yeah, we as had simple as that. Was that game against Carlton where we we rested a bunch of players and people thought it would maybe it was a bad decision? But yeah, it was also like like seven or eight players. Yeah, <laughs> but if we're taking that step, it's probably because there's actually some some worries a little bit about you know the some of the fitness of these guys and and the fact that they need a week just to you know rest the body. So. Um, when we were taking those kind of steps towards the end of the season, it was a little, little bit of a worry. And as we said, you know, Dixon couldn't, you know, he was, had one leg that was kind of just dragging behind him, it seemed at times. Um, and we know as as two reasonably level-headed blokes, Dixon, when he's at his best, is it is you know, he's an all, people forget he's an all-Australian forward, which, you know, you don't get an all-Australian jacket if you haven't don't have something special about you. And, and he does, you know, he's had some great moments and, but you could tell that he was cooked, that he was still having to be put out in the park because we didn't have much other options. So, um, you know, Georgiades went down in week two and got done for the year. So, yeah, yeah last set was cooked. We were a defender down. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, did the 13 win streak contribute to some of that? Uh, I, I know it was great at the time, um, but did we distract ourselves with short-term um, dopamine hits and... and mm -hmm further um just to shoot ourselves in the foot down the yeah. track I'm, yeah. I'm not sure but uh uh yeah I, I hope they can remedy whatever it is and with the depth and another preseason now i'm hoping that those injury concerns don't come up again and we yeah. can have a bit of a cleaner run into the finals yeah and and again like you said it's as you know you talked about the cricket which analogy. i expect to be in <laughs> yes and yeah the finals is like i, I have no worries about making finals and like i said my base expectation is top four entering the finals um as you said though luck is a factor in it and you know we've just got to hope that the the injury luck is a little bit better this year um you know as you said i follow many sports and following liverpool at the moment is like watching you, you brought up space jam earlier with the uh michael jordan secret stuff liverpool's, secret bench, stuff. <laughs> liverpool's bench right now is like when they, they flash to the bench during space jam and there's like you know Bob Gordon Lee Corn's literally a roast chicken on the bench and <laughs> everyone's injured and stuff. So we've just got to hope there's a little bit of, <laughs> yeah. a little, a little bit of luck on that front because, yeah, that's that's what can change it. It's like every, you may have everything right to set up for a premiership run and then, you know, a couple of blokes do knees and whatever and knock on wood. I've got knocking on the kitchen table right now. So all those things we can't, you know, we can't forecast. But as you said, like the team itself is set up with the preseason, the lack of major injuries in preseason, all that stuff is we're, we're in a pretty good spot to launch into the season. And then from there on, it's just, it's kind of up to the sports gods a little bit, but yeah, my, I did a preview podcast with um, Craig, like the yank on the footy account. Um, he does a great job of trying to, yeah, promote, I listened to it. Yeah. Yep. Promote the sport over here. And I said, there's either going to be two, there's going to be two headlines at the end of the year. It's either going to be start the car or yes. Yes. That's right. Yes, he can. It's going to be yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And can I, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, you know, cause if we, if we have another, you know, subpar into the season, then just the same storylines that we're tired of will start again inevitably and, and un understandably so to a certain point, obviously the, the hysteria that happens is annoying, but 
um, there's always a basis of truth in the middle of it that we we haven't achieved what we want to and there's a discussion to be had maturely which is unfortunately what doesn't happen much but um but yeah no, i genuinely believe and i think ken you know, pe- you know the the people that want him literally dead will hate me saying it but he did have some moments of growth last year for me um you know there's still the as you said the mental fallibility towards the end of the year but we were a bit cooked but there was moments in the year that you could see he took some different i think he took some different approaches and we we grew as a squad and as a team last year again there was yeah it was just that we didn't have the the you know horses in the stable to get through to the end of the season hopefully we've addressed that this off season so yeah absolutely absolutely Uh, or or is josh carr going to be the the puppet master this year like he was for most of last year (laughs) who knows um yeah yeah. i guess we'll find out through our twitter feeds yeah (laughs) yeah yeah number one the number one news breakers on twitter will let us know for sure um yeah, you distracted me with that though, because that was good, and that's that's just hit midnight here. So we'll start wrapping it up. But um, I <laughs> yeah, just, you're up, mate. I'm just... I can hear a bath running now um, for my daughter. So yeah, it's think... about that time. That's a low key. Um, that's a, that's a yeah. <laughs> that's a low key concern. The low key like little hint. Um, yeah, signal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've covered it off pretty well, like because I had a fair bit on the on the list, and it was like all sorts because there's so much to cover for the um for what's happened in the off season. We'll, we'll probably t- yeah we'll, as, as we yeah, as, we, as, as we do this again um, leading into the season, we'll touch on a little bit more of it as we get get geared up for the season. But um, yeah, great to do this with you. I know I'm, I'm uh, I've kind of latched into you to likewise do this, do this a little bit more regularly this year, and hopefully make it kind of a you mm. know, during the season, especially a weekly thing, and um, hopefully either celebrate together or commiserate and you know pseudotherapy <laughs> yeah i think it'll well. be a bit easier yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard on your own um yeah, yeah commiserating yeah it's um lost i think i avoided it the very last episode that i had a chance to do back in 22 because we might have got smashed by 70 points um yeah. but yeah, yeah no it's been great i appreciate appreciate the invite and um yeah looking forward to the season ahead yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, I appreciate you um, giving up your time. I know, like, that, I know me doing this regularly, it's, um, it is a time sacrifice to jump on a podcast and just chat sports. So, no, I appreciate it. So, thank you very much. Um, and, you know, what else is there to say? That it's, it's great. It's great that footy's back. It's, it's actually come quite quick for me. Like, I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh, God, finally footy's back. For me, I don't know. I think with moving apartments and, and, um a college football run that ended it never up. goes away really yeah not yeah. these days it's it, it is getting to the point of like they always talk about the nba and the nfl having developed a way to make themselves a 365 day a year business because of the new cycle and i think footy's working that way now a little bit as well you get that little bit of dead period 100 percent. yeah yeah so yeah for me it just never went away and maybe that's just because i was mentally burnt out at the end of last year's season as well but um no, great to great to um, be doing this with you, and I look forward to a few more chats. Um, hopefully, some plenty of celebra- celebratory chats throughout the season as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And for anyone listening, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did that. I'm, I'm fucking terrible at promoting my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, join and in the conversation. Have a go yes. at us. Yeah, yeah. T- tweet at me and call me a fuckwit or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, and as always, karma pair.